Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. In the studio with me today, I have Ella and Finn from the Blur Club. Hello. Welcome, guys. (laughs) Cool. Ella, can you tell us a little bit about about yourself? Yeah. um, Okay, so my name is Ella and I am currently studying photography at QCA and I'm actually also the president of the Blur Club for the past two years, actually. And yeah, I guess I'd say that photography has just been such a massive part of my life. Kind of since I picked up some dodgy old film camera when I was like 14. And yeah, since then, it's just kind of always been in my hand. So yeah, it's just... Um, we were chatting just before. You you really are a fan of the analog photography still. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think even as we were talking about AI, it's really interesting the value we put on images now and value put on everything, to be honest. So really slowing that process down and being really considerate with kind of what you're shooting and how much each photo is costing yes. you and I think it's it's really a nice way to really um put emphasis and and um intention behind your photos. Yeah. Cuz you do have to make that conscious decision every time you press that shutter cuz it does cost money to do that. Yeah. Um, unlike digital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you don't know how to shoot and you do a whole roll and it comes back and you're just devastated because everything's just terrible, um, it's a fun way to learn. It is. And look, I've had many of those experiences. When I shot a lot of film younger, you, know, you have the, the happy moments when you get something really special and other times you'd be really disappointed. But yeah. It's a part of the process. <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. And Finn, tell us a little bit about what you're involved with in the Blur Club and type of photography you're into. Yeah, so I'm the vice president of the Blur Club, and I'm also studying at QCA doing visual arts. And yeah, my main focus is a lot of portraiture, and I love street photography and fashion, and sometimes dabbling in a little bit of advertising as well. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And so what year are you up to at QCA? So I'm in second year. Second year. So I started last year at QCA. Yeah. Yep. And did you did you have an interest in photography like from an early age or did you kind of I think I think you know definitely in high school I was uh, became quite infatuated with it and also in my family home we you know I've got this um really large wall and it's filled with all these beautiful black and white photos from either family members or you know just people who are important in our lives so I think always seeing that um, made me really sort of inspired to to shoot as well. There's something about just, I suppose, just looking at prints these days, their prints are still so special. And I, I don't think people print as much as they should. I think there should be more printing happening. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we, we probably got you in here to really talk about, I suppose, the Bullock Club and communities and, and what you guys are hoping to achieve with it. Ella, what's the kind of your focus at the moment as president? I think um, a really big um, focus for Blur is that, Community is so important um, within within everything, but particularly within the arts. And um, if we're able to cultivate a community um, within the university, we're kind of able to almost help take the exclusivity out of art almost, um, being able to provide opportunities to people and get people involved is a really good way to kind of take the – what's the word? Like take the um, – Vulnerability to a degree, I think. Yeah, and the, and the mystery out of it as well, I think. Like, I think uh, getting more exposure and working more in the industry before you've done it seems like a really kind of mysterious, tricky thing to yeah. work out. So if we're able to 
kind of um, extend a bit of help there and, and provide a bit of um, support. I think that's our main focus. So I suppose really another thing is networking is really important is mm-hmm. to build your networks, to build your tribe, yeah. the people around you that you can kind of support you and lift you up. And I think that sooner you kind of get into a into a community where there's people who are supportive and will lift you up, that just helps everyone. It feeds everybody. It's just not just for yourself, but it's for the whole group of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's in, like it can be really challenging to stay motivated at times within the industry. So having that kind of network of people that you build up but also build you up is so important and it really kind of keeps you going, I feel. And typically what happens in industries is that people who kind of come through at the same time kind of then collaborate and work together over their kind of a, over their career as well. So it's kind of good to get those early you know friendships in place and and a Probably a bit of understanding too because the other thing is it's good to understand what other people do and sometimes like it might be something that you're drawn to but it's always interesting to see how other people create and what they do. Yeah. And I think you were saying about, you know, street photography and that's a – it is a really good way to be able to just do stuff for yourself and just capture some moments. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's always very inspiring, you know, doing street photography and – because it allows you to yeah make connections and, and and go into all different sort of communities and your eyes are open to that so it's very inspiring yeah definitely yeah and I think I think the discipline of street photography is great from the point of view is that you don't you have to work with what you got yeah you know what I mean so it makes you kind of really think about how you're gonna where you're gonna position yourself and a lot of street photography is about getting into the right position. Yeah, and, definitely. And waiting for a subject to come in. I mean, I've got a rule that I use. People say, how long do you wait? And I said, look, if it's not working in 20 minutes, move on, find somewhere else. Because it's, But I just try and do that. And sometimes you get lucky type of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, Ella, with your stuff at uni, are you studying full-time or part-time? What's your... Yeah, I'm studying full-time. Um, I'm in my fourth year, though, technically, because... um kind of COVID pushed everything out yes, a little yep. bit. But yeah, I do. I study full time. And have you actually started doing some actually work in the photography industry? Like you've actually done some paid work at this stage? Or? Yeah, absolutely. I've been shooting since I was like properly, I would say since I was 17 or so, like yep. not just for fun kind of thing. So yep. I've been kind of working commercially here and there ever since then. And is that kind of in the portrait field or which field is that in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, everything I do kind of revolves around portraits. I can't help it. <laughs> I take photos of like um, the landscape and I'm still trying to find the people in it. Um, well, that's good. You know, <laughs> there is some really good landscape photographers that actually incorporate people into the images that just makes them more interesting. Mm. Sometimes just having a, um, a person in there to see that someone else is enjoying it as well. Yeah, definitely. You also mentioned to me before we started about large format. So you've got a bit of a passion for large format photography. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started kind of moving towards medium format a couple of years ago and then since then uh, kind of worked up the courage to kind of venture into large format a bit more. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's definitely really stressful at times. What what, draw, what draws you to the large format shooting? What what's the thing for you that draws you in? Um, well, to start, um, the quality of the images, the quality of that analog is just really beautiful. I, I just I love shooting film, so to be able to do that in a way that kind of is elevated almost is is really powerful. I feel, but also there's a there's a real uh, stillness and a real. Um, 
it's almost like people aren't used to large format photo like cameras at all. So when they see one, they're not as scared or they're not as they don't put their guard up the same way that they would when they see a digital camera. Yep. So it kind of allows you to get a bit more of a intimate glimpse into someone's kind of I don't know, inner world almost. Yep. Do you have a process that do you talk to people and try and learn a bit about them? and try and incorporate that into the portrait if you can? Do you kind of work that way or how do you kind of work? Yeah, my focus uh, when I take portraits is definitely um, making sure that whoever I'm shooting is feeling really comfortable and really safe and encouraged and that's kind of my first priority and I'll I'll almost prioritise that over getting the image that I want. Yes. Um, And I'll make sure that it feels like a collaboration the whole time because in essence that's what it is. I'm, I'm not... I'm not shooting a landscape. I'm I'm working with people and they're giving me or allowing me access to a certain part of themselves. And, and, I and they're being quite really. vulnerable as well. Like yeah. Most people who put themselves in front of a camera to get a photograph, you, you've got the control basically. Mm, yeah, exactly. I take that really seriously. Yeah. I take that level of trust really, um, really seriously. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Finn, you've done some commercial work since you've been at college. Yeah, so... I sort of started off doing more so commercial work maybe oh, probably about three years ago and sort of working with artists and bands and doing sort of press shots and that was sort of the main thing, um, the main sort of first commercial job I guess and then also got into doing a lot of assisting work which really sort of opened my eyes up into that sort of advertising world and I learnt a lot from some of the photographers I was working with so that was really inspiring and they've sort of, you know, helped me out with a few jobs and stuff and making connections. So that was really sort of crucial. Yeah. As we've been kind of talking about community and and that's one of the things my experience has been, people who have made it as photographers are very happy to help people coming up through the ranks to give them kind of a, a leg up and to give them some advice. Has that been your experience? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they've all been, you know, very supportive and um you know, also very curious about what I'm doing and even wanting to help out and sort of experiment together, which has been quite amazing, you know, being able to work with someone at that level and then sort of just, you know, going to the studio and playing and and experimenting with them and seeing how they operate. And it's like, yeah, that's always really fun. I think photography has always been a, it's a voyage of discovery. Sometimes you discover something that you didn't think you'd previously like, but you'd fall in love with it. And I think every photographer kind of has something that they really get kind of passionate about yeah yeah with blur ella what type of things do you guys do do you have like you know monthly competitions events or what do you do um i think uh what we worked out kind of people are most responsive to is um we put on uh group exhibitions often um and we kind of treat that as a really we treat that as a really kind of fun experience for everyone to be a part of. We're able to build a lot of connections and provide a lot of opportunities through that. So even though we like to have kind of smaller things throughout the year, um, we're obviously we'll try to manage our time in between classes and everything. Um, so we found that having kind of these bigger exhibitions kind of once at, um, like the beginning of tries and at the end and things like that, that's kind of really been been where we've been most successful. Yep. And I think it's always good for people because sometimes people are reluctant to print and, and show their work, but that gets their work in front of a whole lot of other eyes. Mm. So people can kind of have an appreciation of what they're trying to achieve as a photographer. And I went to Fence Space, you guys had a, a launch party and you had some images up on the wall and they're all very, you know, a lot of diversity um, in the shots. 
some some really cool work there as well. Like just to see how people are kind of using the medium photography and how they're using it to express themselves, which is kind of exciting. So you're kind of giving them an outlet to do that. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're doing our best to to provide that. Yeah, as I said, it can be really scary to get involved in in different things in the industry and exhibitions and things. So trying to make that as kind of accessible and and encouraging as possible, I think, is something. Yeah. yeah. Term about you know having a safe place to fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of important sometimes. Like you know, creatives are kind of I suppose it's a it's a challenging world at times because you put a lot of your own personality into something and if someone doesn't like it, it's almost like it's an attack on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to start growing, be a little bit thick, thicker skinned. If someone doesn't like it, that's fine because, you know, that's we're all like that in life. I mean, there's everything, every part of life, there's different foods we all love and enjoy and that type of stuff and there's different clothes we like and different music and that's all good. Everyone's, no one's got it wrong. They're all right. And that tends to happen in photography that, you know, no one's really wrong. It's just not mightn't be your the way you'd like to express yourself through photography. So, uh, Ella, have you got anything? What's the next kind of thing coming up for Blur? Is there something in the pipeline at the moment? Or yeah, in the works, we have um, another exhibition. Uh, it'll be in the beginning of of T two. So. I have no idea what month that is. <laughs> um, it's it'll be in the next couple of months, um, and we'll be having, uh, yeah, group exhibition um, with artist talks as well. So that's still kind of in the process. Nothing's really locked in, but that's definitely something we'll be we'll be sorting out soon. Yep. I noticed with the the launch party you had at Ventspace, you you know invited people to submit an image to have it printed, but you also then requested an artist statement. Mm-hmm. I mean, what were the thoughts behind that? Um, I think it's really important to, especially because we're catering to students to continue encourage, yeah, continue to encourage them to think about what their work is about for them and what it means for them. And and sometimes people don't want to have a statement or they don't think that it's necessary, and that's fine. But providing people with the opportunity means that they get to also think a bit deeper about their work or make sure that we don't miss anything that, you know, is really important to them about the work as well. Yeah. Some, sometimes you do need to kind of step back from the work and, and you know, to do a, an artist statement, sometimes look at the piece and and kind of express some of the stuff that you were trying to convey in the image. And I think it's kind of good for people, like you said, and they've got the option whether they do it or not, mm. but I think it gets people thinking. And that's yeah, a, definitely. That, and that's a definitely important thing to get. I mean, look, that's a whole creative process. What you've got to do is you've got to think and you've got to just challenge stuff and you've got to throw stuff around. And, you know, like I think the, I always say in photography there is really no rules. People go, oh, no, you've got to do the rule of thirds and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Mm. And I think they're all there to be challenged and to be, um, I suppose, explored. So, I think, is there anything that you kind of – like a go-to thing that you try and do in photos or is it just kind of? I think the, it depends on what I'm shooting, but for like more personal stuff and some fashion-based work, I think I have a bit of a base idea, a bit of a base plan, but then it sort of more turns into this like calculated chaos. And I, I, <laughs> I think I love it when just the energy seems right and then you're just experimenting the whole time. And I don't really have a set way of working. I really love to just sort of, whatever I'm feeling on the day, I sort of can, you know, just push and pull that and try different angles. And I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't, I guess, yeah, have an exact way of working, but I'd really just love to sort of yeah get weird and 
you know, experiment. That's the main thing. Yeah. So you like to kind of keep it fluid and so you just go with whatever the gut feeling is and, you know, if it, if it feels if it feels right, you just keep doing more of the same. Yeah. I think that's it's always a hard thing too with photography is, you know, especially when you're starting out, is trying to find out what it, what things that you really like, you know, what the things that you really, I suppose I always say to, you know, what type of, um, I run a very large Facebook group, Canon, and we've got about 20,000 members across Australia. And it's interesting. And I do, I started something oh, eight, nine years ago called the Saturday Question, where every Saturday I'd ask the group a question and then people would come in with the answers. Anyway, the last last Saturday's question was about share a photo that brings you joy. So, you know, you take a lot of photos, but sometimes they don't bring you joy. So sometimes finding those things to to shoot that make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So Ella, what type of stuff, like how do you go, how do you kind of approaching photography now? Lots, do you have a kind of... A, that's kind of steady position that you always go down the same path or you kind of like Finn, you a bit kind of want to go off the flow or? I think uh, it definitely depends on, on what I'm shooting. Um, but I, I'd say I definitely have a, a process that I, that I follow. I think kind of, as I mentioned before, I really um, think it's really important to build a relationship with who you're shooting and, and um, really kind of value that time that you're getting to have with that person. And so I think even though that means sometimes my actual the actual process can look a little different it's it's kind of always following a similar a th- similar kind of thread yes yep yeah i can remember listening to a uh, very successful portrait photographer who would typically book an hour session to with a client and they said it, it wasn't uncommon for them to, to spend 45 minutes talking to the client mm. and 15 minutes shooting yeah. Because it was 15 minutes of quality shooting because they'd built that connection yeah. that first yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that sometimes. They don't. They think they've got to kind of get in and start getting the shots. So sometimes, like, it's not even picking the camera up yeah. to start with. It's just learning and listening. Yeah, exactly. It's a scary thing getting your photo taken. It's really vulnerable and you're you're trusting this person to depict you and in a in a way that feels accurate or feels kind of right to you, so it yep. really makes a lot of sense to spend the time actually ensuring that you're doing that. Exactly, I think it's always it's always interesting because I don't know how you feel, but you just never want to take a bad picture of somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you always want to try and get the best possible result for them. And so unlike landscape, where I've never had a landscape um, come up and complain about the image I've taken. But um, it's interesting, like you said, but it is a kind of, I think on both sides, and a lot of people, that's why they just don't shoot people. There's a lot of people who shy away from it. So it's kind of great that you, you're you trying to, I suppose, um, really get good at doing something that is quite difficult. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to. <laughs> so passion project, do you guys have any passion projects? These are things that you purely just do for yourself with the, with the camera. I mean, I do a lot of... I do, yeah, I do a lot. I try to do a few sort of each week. Um, and I, I often like do a lot of self portraiture and I've been really into that at the moment. Um, trying to sort of incorporate my body into certain different spaces and sort of have it almost connected or sort of submerged within a space. So I've been sort of experimenting with that, um, recently and that's sort of to do with uni and that's inspired by Francesca Woodman's work. Um, but then I, you know, I always just love to sort of meet, you know, I'll meet people all the time and, and, you know, 
become very infatuated and uh, you know learn their story or whatever and then uh, you know ask them you know would you want to shoot this week or something and we sort of you know pair up together and come up with an idea and um sort of gel on that so that's like a big passion thing that I love doing and it's like can be very spontaneous but I sort of like that sort of spontaneity with it because um sometimes when I'm really planning and calculating it it can just I don't know I'm not as happy with it but yeah it's um yeah sort of that no it's it's good to have like I said passion projects are one of the one of the things that keeps the fire burning and keeps the kind of passion there because you know a lot of people don't do enough I've known photographers who very successful commercial field they shot 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 six days a week did it for three years, burnt themselves out mm-hmm. and put the camera down and didn't pick the camera up for many, many years to come because they just kind of lost the, the passion. So it's kind of, you know, one of the dangers I suppose to look out for is to kind of always have something that you do for yourself. And even if you don't never show it to anybody, it can be work, like you said, you just do it for your own personal satisfaction. So Ella, is there something that you do just purely for yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think... um a lot of the stuff I do is actually kind of purely for even when there's uni assignments I'm always kind of working them back into you know this kind of road that I don't want to get off um I work a lot with um uh, a lot with girls and, and young women and and kind of documenting them and working with them to portray what I feel is a more accurate representation of young women in today's society there's okay. a lot and it's a big the big kind of i suppose image problem with the you know some of the instagram accounts and some of the fashion stuff that kind of gives girls in particular i think and boys too to that degree but that, that they have to conform and have to look a certain way to be kind of acceptable and that's not that's not what we are we're all different mm, exactly so do you find that just trying to i suppose show people how beautiful they really are just in themselves without kind of putting all the other layers on there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I shot um my little sister once and yep. she um she looked at the photos and she said she really wanted to look at them and pick herself apart, but yep. she couldn't because yes. like she it was like she was looking at herself through like a lens of love or something. Yes, yep. And that for me was just like, well, I just have to keep doing this. I yeah. just have to keep doing it, you know? Well, it's kind of that's it's kind of like fe- that feeds the soul because getting that kind of feedback is that you've actually mission accomplished. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's not easy. And look, and that's why look, a lot of people come into photography and they they struggle with kind of, I suppose, getting the connection. And I think it's always one of the challenges. Previously, I I did a lot of photography teaching. I'd have people come in, do private lessons, and we'd try and teach them. And some people, unfortunately, you just couldn't you couldn't get them to kind of get it. And other people would come in and they just, you just see straight away, you knew that they're going to be great photographers because they just got so much about what photography is about. And it's kind of understanding what both sides need to get out of it yeah. as well. So have you guys done any workshops or you've done anything like that or? Yeah, yeah, we do things like that. Um, kind of it's, we, we initially wanted to have a really structured approach to that, but then we realized quickly that kind of everyone being at uni is almost they're all over the place at all times so we definitely have run some really um, fun workshops um, about printing and working in the dark room and things like that Um, but yeah we we're kind of always 
adjusting ourselves to work with our with our um, members and what they actually want and when they want it rather yep. than kind of telling, you know, like having a really structured approach. Yeah, yeah. and look, sometimes, look, you said it, it is hard, but you've got people doing, and some people will be doing, they might be doing a dual degree or something, so they're doing multiple stuff, so their time is kind of harder. And I know I had a friend, I think she's finished now, she was doing a dual degree at Griffith. So, like, time was very scarce trying to fit stuff in. So I think it's kind of like I said, good to have people have it a bit flexible, so people can kind of opt in when they when they can have time to do it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And the the semester goes really quickly as well. I think last year we had all these really big plans that we wanted to to get sorted, and then we realised oh my god, we're halfway through the semester already, and and time's just flying. And so this year we're we're a bit more fluid with it, which yes. is good. So currently, how many kind of people are involved in? How many members type of thing? Is there a lot of people or is it? Yeah, it's actually really exciting. When I took over and a few of the committee members are still with us this year, when we took over, we actually only had um, 30 members yep. because I think there was a lot of, with the reshuffling of the degree and COVID, everyone was kind of really disheartened about everything. But um, since then, I think we now have like over 160 members yeah, or something. That's excellent. Yeah, that's really that's a, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, like I said, that's a really good pool of people, I suppose. And there's a lot of, and I, I would imagine there'd be a lot of kind of connections and collaborations happening within that group now as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, um, you really meet um, really interesting people through through um, all the events and through everything that we do. It's it's really cool. Yeah, which is, like I said, which is a part of what your, your structure was. You wanted to kind of build a network. You wanted to build a community. And by having, like I said, you know, mixing with other communities and reaching out to people sometimes, like I said, just helps you build your network and it just self-fuels, which means obviously you guys are onto something with the numbers kind of growing and I think the other thing too at the moment is we're kind of getting to the back to the stage where people can are comfortable getting out doing stuff now as well. Yeah, so. Mm, definitely. So, Finn, have you been involved with kind of organising anything in particular for Blur? Like, So I've sort of just come on board this year. So, you know, just with the sort of setting up of the um, exhibition and that's sort of been the main thing. But I'm, I'm wanting to do, you know, have sort of, certain days throughout the year where, you know, we meet up all with all different students and we sort of have a, a day where we sort of come up with a concept. We use everyone as models and stuff and we come up with a concept and we shoot something on the day. So sort of arrive, you know, plan, plan out a shoot and then get it done by the end of the day. Yes. Yep. Um, so we'll definitely be looking at doing that. And then we're also going to be using a bunch of different fashion designers sort of garments at some point this year and we're going to have a group sort of shoot day where we've got all different students in the studio and mm. they get a little insight into that fashion world and you know we'll be able to give them cameras and they can shoot different models wearing these really interesting sort of clothes so that'll be a nice sort of way to integrate them into that sort of light and i think it's always you've got to challenge people like you've got to get people kind of shooting out of their comfort zone a bit too and sometimes, like I said, just having that type of environment, they can put their toe in the water and just try something a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so um, Ella, where, where, where would you hope? Like, if you could do have a magic wand and you can make blur do anything, what, what would you be? Your big plans would be. God, um, 
to be honest, I don't want to sound cheesy, but everything that Blur already has done has, I feel really, really proud of, yep. of what we've done so far. I mean, the club was really, was really, um, didn't have a lot of life in it. Um, and we've kind of really been able to inject a lot of enthusiasm into it. And I think just the connections we have made, um, and have facilitated just make me so happy. Um, but I don't know if, if we could have a magic wand, I just think we just keep doing the exhibitions that we do, but just make them bigger and better and allow more people access to them. Yep. And yeah, because I think even though it's what we've already been doing, it's something that I feel is just so beneficial to to um, Griffith students and yes. Blur members. And it's just so great being able to cultivate a community and really kind of begin stepping out into the art world um, kind of together, yep. <laughs> which is nice. And have you ever considered, obviously, there's a lot of people who've gone through Griffith and studied photography who have gone off into the real world and made it, made it as photographers. Have you ever thought about kind of reaching out to some of those people and doing a, like a big exhibition with past students and that type of thing? Is that something you've thought about doing? We we have um, dabbled in that a little bit. We've had different artists who yeah ex ex alumni well alumni they're not ex there yeah, sure. <laughs> um and and they've gotten involved and we've even gotten some of them to speak and advice about the industry but also take us through their their steps and their path yes um but it's definitely something that we are still interested in it's just so great to be able to have access to that kind of knowledge and that kind of support yes and look some of them have gone off to do some amazing stuff i had a I had a photographer on here, Charlene Christie, on the podcast, and Charlene went through and she does fashion, and she's quite a sought-after fashion photographer now. And I remember in her second year of being at QCA, she, her and one of her classmates decided they'd fly in break to New York to New York Fashion Week to actually get there and actually just kind of bump into the right person, actually get a, a press pass, and we're actually able to go in in wow. shoot fashion, which really kind of grounded her. But there, there was something that she's told me that always kind of sticks in my mind that she was saying she was sitting in a lecture one day and the lecturer just said, looked around and looked at all the people there and said, like, only six of you are going to be make it in the real world as photographers. And that was the thing that galvanised her, I suppose, determination that she wanted to be in that that six. Have you ever had that kind of feeling that you, you know, you really want to make this um, work for you? Yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely want to make this this work. Um, and and I used to feel uh, pressure about that because obviously, you know, there's a lot of people not only in art school but in the industry. But I think I've started to feel a lot better about it because um, it's just what I love. I just love it so much that I just think there's no way that I won't make it work somehow. I think, yeah, it's, it's just gonna. It's it's got to work. I, I just yeah. I pour so much into it. I love it so much, and and I think in one way or another, you know, I'm gonna make space for it, and I'm gonna you know. But obviously, I know that 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 also requires a lot of luck, and yeah, bumping into the right yes. person at the right time. But and but you do have to have that fire. Mm. Yeah, you have to have that fire in your belly that you. It's something you really want. I mean, it's like when you listen to say like an Olympic champion. Saw at age of seven someone swimming in the pool breaking the world records, and they said, "This is what I want to do." And they just kind of go after it, and they just kind of bit focused on it. That's kind of, I suppose, what it takes to be kind of you know make it 
So, Ben, what was your kind of, I suppose, what drives you or motivates you to succeed in photography? Yeah, well, it was an interesting one with me because I sort of was working as a photographer, um, but I chose to go back and study. And it's been incredibly beneficial for me, I think, just for developing my writing and being more conceptual, et cetera. And it's just been an incredible environment to be in. So I think, yeah, it's going to build some good foundational sort of skills for the future. And yeah, I'm really, really excited. And just, I've met so many, you know, really inspiring um, lecturers and students in the, in the uni. So I'm definitely excited to sort of, you know, come up with them and um, work with them and collaborate and just sort of build something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's it, sometimes like you do need, you know, there's a lot of people sometimes just need to kind of go and be, I suppose, get that validation that what you're doing is right. You know what I mean? You, you do stuff yeah. sometimes and you're hoping that you're right, but you're not sure. So sometimes you do need that kind of, I suppose, reassurance. Yeah. And that's what that, that's the place that you're kind of in at the moment. You're getting that kind of nurturing and you're getting that kind of um, help along the way. Yeah. And it's also great because, I mean, yeah, obviously you're nurtured, but then you're going to be sort of told straight right like if, if if the work's not of quality they're going to tell you it's not and but obviously guide you in, into a different direction and I think that that was something that I needed like I was making all this work but but you know why was I doing it so it's now like yeah just really f focusing on that and like yeah it's good yeah, it's really nice yeah yeah I always draw the conclusion sometimes when you got the reality tv shows like the voice yeah. And someone's gone on there who clearly can't sing, but you know their family must have said, oh, yes, darling, you, you're you fantastic. <laughs> you need to go on the voice. So really sometimes you do need to be told, You need people need to yeah. be totally honest um, with people because you don't want to set people up for failure. Yeah. Which which you kind of see happens occasionally. So it's good that you're kind of, yes, getting that kind of nurturing, but also you're getting that, you know, being told this is, this is the bar, you've got to be get to this level. Yeah. So Ella, if you had your dream job, so you've finished uni, you've done all your studies and you're going to go off into the world, world and there's a dream job, what is it? <laughs> God, this is always such a fun question for an art school kid, hey? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I've become a lot more comfortable with the fact that all the opportunities that I've had that have been really amazing have been things that I haven't ever considered or thought of or and so now I'm actually really excited about the fact that I don't know what that dream job is because it mightn't have been invented yet yeah maybe <laughs> it's just for me you know <laughs> but yeah being able to have the freedom to to be open to opportunities and and see where they take you I think is really important in the art world but I, I think it's something that now I'm actually really excited for yeah <laughs> cool Finn what would be your absolute dream gig I think the dream gig for me would be definitely getting into that directing space in terms of like film. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of dabbling in that at the moment. So, yeah, definitely sort of vi you know video directing is something I'm I'm definitely really interested in and sort of being sort of surrounded in that environment, sort of working on different sets and things. And I've been really infatuated by that. But obviously, I'll still be you know, doing photos as well. Um, but yeah, definitely directing is something that I would be the dream. Yes. And it, the and line. It's interesting because I have another podcast we do, which is called Exposure, which is a one-on-one -on -one with like a successful photographer. And interestingly, every one of them has talked about how they started off doing still photography, but they've had to, I suppose, migrate into video as well because it's becoming a part. Yeah. And, and more so now, 
I think with the advent of, you know, Instagram and Reels and TikTok and all that type of stuff, that the hunger for video is intense. Yeah. yeah and, you, and good video. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you do like a job at, you know, you do a job for some client and they're always going to sort of expect a video now. It's just the, the norm. Like, oh, you can do a couple of Reels, can't you? Like, it's just like <laughs> every time. Yeah. Exactly. And I think because I think, look, as the people who consume photography and consume video, it's been, I suppose, they've been conditioned to consume it in a particular way. And it's kind of getting harder and harder, I think, to create a photograph that stops people, you know what I mean, when it holds them. See, video, I suppose the lure of video is that, you know, if it's a 15-minute clip, the person's eyes on it for 15, sorry, not 15 minutes, like 15 seconds, 15-second clip, their eyes are on it for 15 seconds. Very hard to get someone to, to look at a photo for 15 seconds. But video's yeah. got that different pull to it. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. And I think that's why that's why it's sought after. Like people want it. And the other thing these days is we've got so many tools to shoot video. I mean, even if you've got pretty handy with a, with an iPhone, you can you can actually make some pretty good Yeah, well, an, I, an iPhone can shoot like 4K now. It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? It's like, what? Well, yeah, I was looking at it. I don't know if you've seen that product. There's a product called um, Insta360 Flow. It's a gimbal for yeah. an iPhone. And it's just absolutely amazing what you can you can do with it because it's it's you can put an iPhone on it and it's like you can do these cinematic type shots and that type of stuff. And I've seen footage that people have created, like people would have spent, you know, had to have a massive cinema camera, red cameras and all this really high end equipment to to do that. But you can actually I suppose it's exciting that the technology at the moment is so accessible to everybody. Yeah, definitely. Which which gives you a chance to dabble. Have you dabbled, Ella, in video at all? You've stuck with your still stuff. No, I've done I've done a little bit of video. Um, I think it's the skills are really transferable, and um, you know we're all kind of using the same tools to communicate visually. We're just using them a little bit differently. So I've done a little bit here and there. At the moment, my kind of my brain's completely obsessed with analog, but I know I'll get more into it once that kind of once I deal with that fixation. <laughs> yeah, so so you might want to go and kind of track down a super eight movie camera and some film and oh god, <laughs> if I'm rich, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the challenges. Like I said, it's been quite blessed for the people who want to do analog photography because like. Film is still quite accessible and, mm. and still kind of affordable to a degree. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you want to do, you know, old school video, that's a much diff- much more difficult um, nut to crack, that one. It's more of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Is there anything you guys just want to personally say about Blur or about what you're doing? Yeah, Blur is a club that is all about um, building community and um supporting one another and yeah taking the exclusivity out of art as much as we can um and i'm really excited for the rest of the year and what it has in store for blur and i'm super proud to be a part of it and and super excited with uh, all the engagement we've yep. had and yeah so if people want to get you know involved with blur like so they're hearing this podcast and they want to kind of get involved what's what what's the best way to kind of reach out and get involved Okay, so the best way would probably be um, our Instagram or our Facebook page. Yep. Um, and I think it's just at Blur Club and it's Blur with two R's, I think. Yep. Um, we'll put it in the show notes right. anyway. Yeah, 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 I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the best way would definitely be social media. Yes, cool. Yeah. 
And is it is it only open to students at QCA or can other people get involved or No, everyone everyone is able to get involved. It's it's not exclusive to students. Um we have past students and um people who are friends of friends who have joined and, and they find it really fun and beneficial. So it's it's open to everyone. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And if people wanted to kind of learn about your work, where would they find your stuff? Is it on Instagram? Is it Yeah, yeah. Um Instagram's probably the best place to look for my work. Um it's I don't know, do you, it's at Ella Cumming. Um that's Again, we'll put it yeah, in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> don't know the spelling or anything. Um but yeah, um that's probably the best place to see my work. Even though I don't know. I don't know about anyone, but I always feel like I post stuff on Instagram and I'm like, oh, this isn't this isn't everything that my photography has been ever um, <laughs> because it's just one post. So. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's really hard with social <laughs> yeah. media stuff is that people they only get a little bit of a snapshot of what you're about. Yeah. And there's probably a lot more to it. Yeah. And especially with you, they're losing like so much detail in the image because you shoot large format and they're getting it on a tiny little screen. Yeah, it's it's been, not really fair. It's been compressed. And yeah, been, <laughs> yeah and I'm like, print it out, print it out. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's the challenge. <laughs> And Finn, where would people find your stuff? Um, you can find my work on my Instagram, which is at Finney and Mullen, and then also on my website, um, which I can leave the description in no, the... No, do the whole code right now. Put it under pressure. Under pressure. Yeah. Look, guys, thanks for coming in and just sharing a little bit about the Blur Club. And like I said... I'm very much about communities and helping people build communities. I think it's just so good for everyone involved that to be able to kind of just network, help each other out, you know, where, where you can type of thing and that, and all that also, you know, paying it forward. You know, I think it's a really important part of you growing as a creative as well. So again, look, thanks guys for coming in and been great kind of chatting and just learning a bit about what you guys are up to. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank you, thank you. No worries. Thank you. Bye.